Now to Ukraine and another night of Russian missile strikes has left 10 people dead in the southern Ukrainian city of Krivi Ri, the hometown of President Zelensky. This comes as the country struggles to cope with the floods caused after the strategic Kokova Dam was blown up last week. Well, my colleague Yalda Hakim is in the capital, Kyiv. So Yalda, what can you tell us about last night's attacks? Well, Anjana, as you say, the air raid sirens were going off uh, last night and in the early hours of this morning as a result of those Russian uh, missile attacks. And we know a number of places uh, were struck, although uh, the Ukrainians are saying that their air defense systems were able to prevent a number of those uh, missiles. Uh, but it, they did wake us up uh, in the early hours of the morning. People were rushed into the underground uh, bunkers for protection. And of course, it's, it's sort of a strange feeling because life sort of moves on as normal in the capital here Kiev and then every now and then we're reminded of this conflict when this uh, air, air raid sirens go off but let's just show you uh, some of the images that have uh, come to us this morning you can probably see uh, the five-story building in central Ukraine which is also the hometown of President Zelensky uh, it is the city of Krivarich uh, which uh, is um, uh, you know to the center of this country and was also struck 10 people we know uh, have uh, died as a result nearly 30 others injured. Emergency workers are busily working uh, in the area to try and get people out from under the rubble. We understand that at least one person is trapped under the rubble. We're also told by the local authorities that two drone strikes um, have hit civilian infrastructure in Kharkiv. Now, of course, um, the Russians have not commented on these airstrikes, but this all uh, is taking place as this counteroffensive gets underway, and we know the epicenter of that is in the east and the south of the country. But that hasn't prevented Russian missile strikes in other parts of this country and certainly has uh, woken up uh, the residents uh, of the capital, Kiev. Well, to discuss this further, I'm joined uh, by the former Prime Minister of Ukraine, uh, Arsenyi Yatsinyenyuk. Uh, thank you, sir, for joining us here uh, on the program. Another night of, of missile strikes uh, across Ukraine as this counteroffensive continues. You know, as we stay on this roof, it could happen every single minute. Russians already launched around 1,000 missiles at the beginning of this, started from the beginning of this year, and more than 400 uh, Iran-made uh, drones. So uh, it's a never-ending disaster, and uh, this is the war crime committed by President Putin. But on the other th hand, thanks to our Western allies and NATO member states, uh, we are in more or less secure area due to the fact that Ukraine got uh, superior air defense systems. But this is, this is a huge death toll. This is a huge grammar for the, in the Ukrainian people. Yeah, like I said, those uh, airstrikes remind you uh, that this is a nation at war. But when you think about what's happening in the south of the country, for example, uh, the breach of the dam, uh, which has left so many people devastated, we won't understand the full extent of this uh, breach for, for many weeks to come. Uh, but for now, it's a major humanitarian disaster. Absolutely. It's too early to assess the disaster that have happened already. So on the one hand, uh, no doubt this is the war crime. This is an act of terror. On the other hand, uh, this, this could have a dramatic, dreadful implications for the economy, for the human beings, for the agricultural sector and for the entire environment. Uh, so uh, the thing is how to bring to justice Russians. And this, this, is, this is the milestone. This is the key thing for me. Uh, Putin has to pay the price. Do you think he will, though? Absolutely. 
Otherwise, this world will uh, tend up, up, up and down. Because uh, uh, these kind of crimes that Putin committed against Ukrainians, they have to be brought to justice. And Putin, uh, you are well aware that Putin is under ICC arrest warrant. So the time will come when he will be behind the bars. Of course, the counteroffensive continues as well. We have heard from the Ukrainian military that they have retaken uh, at least seven villages. These are very small villages, though, on a very uh, large and long front line. Well, the, th the fact is that we are making incremental gains. The fact is that Ukraine will liberate its territory. And I believe that one time this counteroffensive will switch to Operation Liberation of entire Ukrainian territory. This is a hard toil, a bloody one. So we need more support from our Western allies. But uh, uh, the good thing is that I am in constant touch with the Ukrainian military. Ukrainian men and women in the uniform have a very high morale. So we want to win. We will prevail with this kind of mood. But, but no doubt, this is the war. And, and this is a war of attrition. And uh, uh, it's not an easy job. So please do not exaggerate or overestimate uh, this kind of counteroffensive. Uh, it's important to help and to support Ukraine for as long as it takes for Ukraine oh, to prevail in this war. And we war. hear that from Western leaders. Uh, we, we don't we, hear to prevail in this war. And, and this, this is, it makes a difference. Uh, yeah, we hear Western leaders. I mean, Justin Trudeau was here at the weekend. He said, uh, however long it takes, we'll stand with Ukraine, whatever it takes. Do you believe them, though? Absolutely. Because uh, this is the bedrock of the democracy. Ukraine is fighting for our freedom, for democracy and actually for the entire humanity. Because everything that Russia committed, all these aggressions and war crimes that uh, uh, Russia did to Ukraine, this, this constitutes the heinous and egregious war crimes. So we are defending freedoms and values of the free world. If the political situation changes in the US, your, your biggest ally and, and right now the biggest supporter when it came, comes to military and, and other aid? As of now, we rely heavily rely on, on bipartisan support. Uh, but I do believe that it doesn't matter whether Democrats or Republicans, but the US is a flagship of democracy. But on the other hand, I believe that the, the best way out in this particular case is uh, to provide a long-term strategy how to support Ukraine. Because, uh, well, things can change in politics. That's the way democracy works. But we can change our values. What about the political situation here in Ukraine? You may or may not have an election next year? Well, under, under the martial law, we can't have any elections. So the preliminary condition uh, is to liberate Ukrainian territory. And actually, uh, I believe that Ukraine is a flourishing democracy. But to defend this democracy, we need to win this war. Do you think that this will become a war of attrition, where it just continues it's, in it's the ongoing. east? No doubt. This is the war of attrition. And Putin is testing the world. Putin, Putin is testing Ukraine. Uh, whether we have enough guts both to support Ukraine and to fight like hell. Yes, we do. Mr. Yatsenyuk, thank you very much for joining us here on the program.
That was the former Prime Minister of Ukraine speaking to me there about the long and bloody conflict that lies ahead. As we've been reporting, they have this small window up until about October or November when the weather starts to change and things become more difficult. But you also heard the Prime Minister say that this is going to turn into a war of attrition that could go on for a very long time. We will, of course, continue our coverage here from the Ukrainian capital throughout the day here on BBC News.